Hello, Catherine. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? I imagine there's maybe a few listeners now, Ellie, a little yeah. bit concerned, maybe thinking, my goodness, has Ellie been replaced? Well, as you probably can work out, <laughs> no, she hasn't been replaced. Uh, fear not. Ellie is very much here. Catherine, who you've just heard from there, is a guest who is on this week's podcast. We'll be yeah. having a little bit of a chat with her. What we'll be chatting about? Well, hold your horses, my friends. <laughs> For listeners that, uh, who weren't listening last week, we have a resident horse on the podcast. It seems to have settled into the studio. <laughs> I think it's quite excited because it's a bit, I think the, the horse is a bit hard of hearing and uh, maybe it's my accent but I think it misunderstood. I think it thinks it's April Fool's Day. Oh, oh, oh and we're off. And we're, actually, I think that's the horse. That's off. <laughs> well, and a few listeners as well. Uh, even, even Mary's having second thoughts here. Just going, no, I can't do this this week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll find out who Catherine is and what on earth I was talking to her about later on on this week's podcast but before we do that let's have a little reminisce over what happened on last week's podcast last week on the david eagle podcast jokes about genitals and that kind of thing <laughs> my god he's got the gun yes i got the gun yeah reveal my penis it's got that warmth to it but it's not overpowering <laughs> rover has been drinking probably because he's a bit depressed he doesn't want to be in the army he wants to work in a cake shop. I punish you! I punish you! Ah! Now it's time for one of the only few remaining podcasts on the planet not to be sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> it's the David Eagle Podcast. <laughs> the David Eagle. That's great. Well, at least one person finds it funny. Excellent. We'd be quite happy to be sponsored by Squarespace, to be honest. I mean, I mean, this is the problem. We have now mentioned, well, we're going to mention them again, Squarespace three times. Yeah. So in some ways, they are. I would actively, until they sponsor us, of course, say, do not get your website done by Squarespace. That's what I would say. No. I'm not going to say that too vehemently, just in case they do want to come on board, of course. I've just realised, Ellie, n- normally we close the curtains and the yeah. window, but because it's such a nice day, I've left the window open. Yeah. And I completely forgot about that. So goodness knows what it sounds like to anybody. Uh, one of the other reasons for leaving the window open is because the horse, as I say, it does. Yeah, it needs to breathe. <laughs> it's, it's been a warm day, hasn't it? Exactly. Wanna... So, <laughs> I mean, who would have thought this horse would get such a mention? <laughs> If people would have been even more disappointed if I'd have said, you know, I mean, you're important to the podcast, Danny, but if I'd, if I'd have said the horse is gone, then <laughs> I know there's a lot of love for well, the horse. Well, there'd maybe be as much uproar as there was when you marked down uh, Bloom Teas for a lack of description. On, of course, our feature Herbal Tea of the Week, Herbal Tea of the Week, of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> So different. That's it. It's just the smell of that horse. Uh, <laughs> Herbal Tea of the Week returns this week. Last week, the Aztec Chai blend from Birdhouse reigned supreme for six weeks, but it was knocked off the top spot by Hoogley's Ginger Biscuit Tea. Birdhouse clearly don't want to be usurped. They want to claw it back. They want to try and redeem the situation. And they have risen to the occasion, my friends. We'll find out why, what they have done, how they have set about trying to reclaim their championship status in a very dramatic herbal tea of the week this week. We have got a listener message based on last week's herbal tea of the week drama. Now, uh, listeners can have a little guess. Uh, it's Narrow it down to one of the four <laughs> listeners. Is it Mary? Could it be? Is it Phil? Is it? Is it Maureen? Is it? No, it's not either of those, so it has to be... 
Carl, of yeah. course. Regular listener Carl, one of the four. Uh, <laughs> wow, this episode was like a cross between the 1966 World Cup final, Terminator 2 and a WI coffee morning. Quite an achievement. Thumbs up emoji. I'd like to think that I was the Terminator in that. The voice you heard at the start of the podcast was the voice of Catherine Crossweller. Crossweller, weller, weller, who? Well, that question will be answered on the, this week's podcast. We'll be having a very illuminating conversation. Probably the most serious conversation that we've had on the podcast so yeah. far. But we, as I say, I've got range. Unfortunately, Ellie was not part of that conversation because she was called in to work. I know this may surprise you, but the David Eagle podcast is not Ellie's full-time job. Uh, the quality seems like it probably is that she invests a lot of time. So because of that, I talked to Catherine independently and you can hear the fruits of that conversation on this week's podcast and find out who she is. I haven't even said who she is. I'll give you a little clue. She runs a charity. It's called Women and Girls and she does brilliant work in India, but we'll find out what that is all about. I'm also doing a gig to raise money for this charity as well. It's a festival that's taking place on the 17th of April. We're going to do that conversation in three parts because I enjoyed the multi-part aspect of last week's podcast. We embark on our scientific psychological potato-based <laughs> experiment. As well as that, we shall be seeing how our potatoes that we planted four weeks ago, I believe it was, see how they are faring. See if potato one, so far the bookies' favourite, is remaining top dog. Is it the hot potato? Is it? Well, that's the better. Is it the leader of the sack? Oh, oh yes. Hello, Catherine. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. My finger slipped there. <laughs> likely story. Uh, talking about a bit of a slip, we will not have a Get Your Hands Off My Penis dance song today. If you've tuned in especially to hear that, unfortunately I had a few problems with the computer and I spent two days fixing a computer problem and then I was doing a school and I thought I really wanted to get the Get Your Hands Off My Penis dance song done. I mean I've realised how weird <laughs> this will be if you didn't listen to last week's podcast but, and I couldn't really email the school and say I'm really sorry uh, I can't come into school because I've got to do a dance remix of an angry Australian shouting about getting your hands off my penis so we won't be having that this week hopefully next week there's so many things on the podcast that we promise and then we don't get round to doing through on. still to come a story of a Halloween <laughs> journey back from a stand-up gig and an interesting story from me about the WI well, will knows? it ever happen well, probably not has it ever happened yet that's <laughs> um, <laughs> another reference to a previous week on the podcast my goodness <laughs> No. Oh, what's that? A horse? He said too many back references. He's getting a little bit too meta. Well, you, you're the, you shouldn't have started, horse. You're making, you're not hardly making matters easier, are you? Half an hour ago, you put your hand in my big box. You pulled out a cassette. I have listened to the cassette. You don't know what's on it. I, there's the cassette. You don't know what's on it. I do know what's on it. And I'm going to play you a couple of things from that cassette. Last week, of course, it was a drama from my 11-year-old self where that clip comes from. I bet. You. But what will be on this week's cassette? We'll find out on Cassette Roulette. I think that's essentially it. Cool. Excellent. And <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> it's the David Eagle Podcast. <laughs> so we were talking about you've uh, obviously had to go to work this week, yeah. Ellie. So this is why you weren't Stop. around for the conversation which we're going to have with Catherine Crosswell from the charity Women and Girls. But I was given a job offer today. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, uh, I've not told you about this. You haven't. But about a few hours ago, I got a message and it said, are you looking for a different career? And I thought, oh, God, it's obviously a podcast listener. <laughs> Another insult from a podcast listener. It said, getting a license to drive for Alpha taxis is easier Ooh. than you think. Um, I thought, uh, probably not, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it was a small matter of the blindness. But, uh... News! It's potato news. Well, of course it is, hence the jingle. Now on, keep up. This makes me laugh that you play the jingle and I sit sort of dancing to it and then we both say news. I know, I do partly think that we we should do, we should just have a camera running. We could, like, do a behind the scenes of the podcast. Yeah. And then you then we could prove that there really is a horse in the studio. Because yeah, yeah. I imagine some people think I've just got a, a sound effect that go, that's going on, whereas if only they knew. We are emptying some dried-out compost into a washing up bowl and then filling it with water because we need to grow some more potatoes yeah last week we said that uh, heston blumenthal the food scientist has been doing experiments well unsurprisingly i suppose that's what he does there's <laughs> <laughs> an exclusive for you there he people are getting excited now going was heston blumenthal on the podcast no no <laughs> And he was saying that he was doing a psychological experiment to see whether talking positively or negatively to food could affect the way that it flourishes. And he did it with a, an experiment with some rice in water and he talked positively to one cup of rice in water and it went a nice golden colour apparently. Uh, he talked negatively to the other cup of rice in water and that went a sort of a dark colour, rotted away as well. And so his conclusion was, he's reckoned he's done this a few times, he's about 15 times, and each time it was the same. I don't know whether there's any efficacy in this. It seems a little dubious to me, but we are always about... <laughs> Pushing the boundaries. Well, yes. But let's not talk about that, Ellie. We're talking about potatoes. We have decided it's time to grow some more potatoes. I can't remember if we told people that I'd left some sprouting potatoes in a cupboard. They've sprouted about five or six centimetres of shoots. They were searching for light to... Aren't we all? It's very fitting for Easter. So, we're, yeah, we're going to plant them out. We're going to do two bags. And what are you going to do to those bags, David? <laughs> 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 I've, heard you say, I've heard you say that before. And we've, we were evicted from that old people's home. Um, <laughs> what's going to happen is I'm going to keep the potatoes that I'll be talking negatively to in the same room while I talk positively to the sack of potatoes I'm going to talk positively to because I want that set of potatoes I wanted to hear the positive things that I'm saying to the other potatoes and then I'm going to approach the other potatoes and what's going to happen is I'm going to take those potatoes into another room further away so the other potatoes can't hear and I'm going to talk negatively to it now the reason for this is because I want the other potatoes the ones I'm talking negatively to to be aware that there is favouritism taking place. <laughs> However, I don't know whether if I suddenly start shouting at the other sack of potatoes, the potatoes I was talking positively to might still think I'm talking to them. I want there to be no confusion, no doubt in the potatoes' mind. Who the favourite is. <laughs> And also, they might feel bad for the negative That's potatoes. That's the thing. I don't want them to feel bad for the negative potatoes and that affects their growing. So I almost want to keep this clandestine. I mean, I don't know what the hearing range of a potato is. 
Potatoes have got lots of eyes, but you rarely see an ear. It's corn when it comes to ears, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the process. So, as you can see, there's a lot of th thought gone into this. <laughs> Many people would argue a far too much thought. <laughs> but anyway, before we end part one of Potato News, Shall we head over to the window of opportunity and check on our potatoes that we started growing? Well, I think it was four weeks ago. It's quite astounding how much progress <laughs> has come on. Potatoes one, two, and three. Have okay, all... so let's just remind people potato one out of the three potatoes was in the lead. Yeah. Potato one, very much the favourite for anyone who was going to the bookies yeah. and putting bets on. Okay. What's happened now, Annette? Well, potatoes one, two and three have all fully sprouted now. They've got good stalks. They've got leaves growing on them. I'd say potatoes two and three are between 10 and 15 centimetres in height in their stalks at the moment. But potato one is like 30 centimetres. My high. goodness, a potato one still reigns supreme. Yeah. So Ellie is now back mixing the compost to plant our potatoes. The psychological potato-based experiment will begin in part two of... News! Potato News will return, but now it's time for part one of three with my phone conversation with Catherine Crossweller, who will be telling us all about her charity, Women and Girls. She joined me on Zoom a few days ago, and this is what happened. <laughs> no, don't worry, that's not what happened. <laughs> this. Oh, that what really happened? That was an interview with Winnie. Uh, <laughs> this is what happened. Hello, Catherine. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? Jinx. <laughs> Fine, done. how are you? Look at this. <laughs> we're in sync. We're here to talk about periods and we're both in sync. Actually, I've just realised. I probably you, should say really what the charity is. You've really not said is. anything about what the charity is. I've not said what the charity is. Now, now I've just started playing the clip. I've realised <laughs> that it doesn't explain it. So she will explain what the charity is, but essentially it is about period poverty and support for women and girls in India. Just in case you were wondering why. I'm like, we're talking about periods. And you're like, why are you talking about periods, David? Well, just because I thought it would be fun. Just on a whim. I just thought, we have a roulette wheel of conversations uh, landing on periods. And that's what me and Catherine decided to talk about. No, she works for a charity that deals with period poverty. And here to tell us more about it is... Friend Crossweller. It's an absolute delight to be represented. Well, I'm not representing a charity, but to be a, a small part of your event on the 17th of April. The reason I'm part of it, even though I absolutely, completely agree with the cause, you essentially emailed and asked whether the young'uns or myself could be a part of your event. So it's not necessarily that it was a cause that I said, oh, I really must get involved in. But Is it yeah. not at the top of your list then when you're looking for charity things to do? You don't think, right, where do I start? Let's go periods. What would it be best for me to be seen doing how can i my walk credentials that's what everyone keeps talking about now <laughs> so i thought ah a female charity and what better yeah. supporting females overseas i thought that's <laughs> even <laughs> better stuff anyway tell everybody about who you are and what you're doing and what the charity is i am the co-founder of women and girl a very small charity it's run by me and my dad in our spare time um so we don't have any paid staff we're just a dinky organization but we're getting on for having helped ten thousand people which is pretty cool. Women and Girls provides reusable hygienic sanitary protection to women and girls in India. And the charity came about because my dad has been
been building toilets in India for about 15 years. And he met the inventor of a product, which is effectively a self-cleaning sounds rather more exciting than it is, but it's made of a material which you can wash in dirty water and it maintains a certain level of hygiene. So it's a product that can be used by women during their periods, even if they have no access to clean water, which is the case for a lot of very, very poor women, both in villages, in rural contexts, but also in slums as well. So he found the, the product in the course of his work in sanitation and building toilets and all the rest of it, spoke to the trustees of the charity that he founded in 1997 and said, I've just found this thing. I'd really like to start fundraising for it. And they said, look, we've been there. We've done that. We've done the water project. We've done the school project. We now just focus on toilets. We don't really want to diversify again. So he said, yeah, sure. No problem. Spoke to me and says, look, there's this thing. I think it's amazing. What do you fancy about setting up a new charity and, and just seeing if we can raise a bit of money to start giving them out? And I said, yeah, why not? Let's do that because I have nothing else going on. You've got two choices by and large. You either give them a disposable product, which I'd like to think most people are sort of clocking on to the fact that that's not a particularly good idea. Just to put that into context, for an average woman, if she were to use disposable products for her whole lifetime, she would use 11,000 period products and they are pretty much just made of plastic. So that's 11,000 products that are going to hang around on earth for 500 years. Or you're going to give them something which is reusable. And if you're washing a reusable product in dirty water, effectively, you are just creating a breeding ground for bacteria. So we found this product, thought it was just the most incredible thing. And that's where the charity came from because it ticks so many boxes. So it's called a safkin and it comes on an elasticated waistband. In very remote areas of India, women don't wear underwear. So to give them a pad is actually a bit of a waste of time because you're then also going to have to give them underwear. And you're saying, right, we want you to use a pad instead of the rags or whatever that you've been using. And we'd also like you to wear underwear. Oh, and this is how you've got to look after it. And, you know, that's a lot to ask somebody when you're trying to help them. And I think there's a real danger. This sounds terribly judgmental, so I'm really sorry but there is a real danger of the white person swooping in and saving the day. Mm. And there's something very arrogant about saying, we have a solution which is going to improve your life because what you have been doing for your life is wrong. And mm. I, I really find that very uncomfortable. I think you need to be looking at the context where you're working and find a solution that feels comfortable, feels natural, and is not a, a gigantic change for somebody to have to go through. But having started with these sackings, which come on an elastic band, they also now come as a winged version. We then oh, wow. found another product. A winged which... version? Winged. So you, you're... Oh, <laughs> sorry, hang on. Do you say wind or winged? Wind beneath my wings. Yeah, I uh, thought no, you said is, wind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so they, they come as a, like a, you know, a normal sanitary pad that you'd buy in Sainsbury's or Tesco or whatever with wings <laughs> for the hard of hearing among us. When I said, do you say wind or wings, your way of explaining it went, you know, like wind beneath my wings. So, uh, using, with that? <laughs> using both of the words that I wasn't sure of. So then I wasn't sure whether it was wind or wing. <laughs> <laughs> that you said well, I suppose both. we are in that area of the anatomy, so it could quite easily be either. That, that would be absolutely brilliant if you could clean it with wind. <laughs> like you put it at the other end. There you go. Thank you very much. That puts Delhi Belly into a whole new context. <laughs> Another product which we can distribute as well, which is called a safe pad. They achieve the same thing, but they do it in a different way. So a safe pad is made of 
a microfiber material and it has had positively charged ions bonded to the material. And because bacteria is positively charged, when it comes into contact with bacteria, the bacteria is repelled. So if you think about two batteries and you put the positive ends of two batteries together that you can't make them touch unless you're super strong, it's because the positive things repel each other and the negative things repel each other. So it does the same sort of thing in a different way. And it means that we're able to give people a choice because our sort of tagline for women and girls is giving women and girls comfort, dignity and freedom. And I think if you are going to be giving someone a handout, you're not really starting from a position of huge amounts of dignity. And if you can let people have a choice, I think it really helps them to invest and they feel that they've had some control over what's happening. And and that tends to have quite a massive impact on their self-worth and also the way they perceive the product that they've been given. That was part one of my conversation with Catherine Crossweller from the charity Women and Girls. And in part three, she will be telling us... Uh, what? In part three? Yes, I'm doing oh. it. Well, yeah, there's three parts. Yeah. I'm working backwards. Interesting. Thank you. It's a little Wasn't traumatic. Expecting. Well, that's the thing. Curveballs. But uh, anyway, I'll <laughs> get to the doctor, the doctor about doctor, that. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. Part three. We'll be talking about the festival that is being run to support the charity on the 17th of April that I'm taking part in. Talking of parts, part two <laughs> is where she'll be telling us some uh, rather shocking, um, interesting statistics she's garnered from a time in India. That's coming up soon, but not before we unearth the mysteries that, uh, that, that dwell upon the tape that Ellie Skinner pulled out of my big box 40 minutes ago. It's time to play Cassette Roulette. The window's still open, everyone. Put your hand in my big box, pull out a cassette. We have no idea right now what's on it yet. But then we press play, we'll hear what we get. It's time to play a game we call Cassette Roulette. So I recorded a whole load of cassettes when I was a child up until my teenage years. And so there's a whole array of random stuff on there from radio shows, weird sort of talk show things, to, uh, well, as we've discovered last week, me shouting, <laughs> I banish you, uh, at a drunken army miscreant in my eagle army. So who knows what's going to be on the tape? Well, I do because I've had a little listen to it, but Ellie and yourself listeners mm. do not know what is on this tip. There's a couple of things on here early to play. Uh, mm. The first, uh, this is when I was 15. I think I, I'd probably be 14 or 15 when this, when I was recording this tip. The first is a little comedy sketch. I mean, I say comedy, <laughs> <laughs> but this is a little uh, comedy sketch where I'm pretending to be a radio show host doing some, uh, a little thing called the problem line in oh. which I try and deal with someone's problems. And we have a, a caller on the phone who I'm trying to help here. Who's on the problem line today? Hello there. I hope they can help me. Tell me your, your problem. I keep getting bullied. You keep getting bullied, do you? Yeah. Everybody keeps bullying me. Were you getting bullied out then? Uh, at school? School? No, because it's not school. This is I'm being bullied about. How old do you think I am? I do, I do apologise. Where are you, where are you getting bullied? Everywhere. At work, I get bullied. I was lucky to get a job interview. I only did it because I slept with a boss. I slept with a boss. Obviously, that's not very good. And uh, as you say, he give you the uh, job. He? What do you mean? Why do you assume it's a 
Wow, to a point, I didn't realise you were um, you were gay. Is this what you're being bullied about? The fact that you're gay. I'm not gay. You think I'm a woman? Do you? I'm not a woman. This is what I'm being bullied about. All the time, I think I'm a young woman. I'm not a young woman. I'm a man. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should send that in to sort of BBC Radio or something like that. I'm not sure if you'll be hearing that on the best of the David Eagle podcast 2021, but you never know. Whereas the horse, definitely in there. <laughs> this next clip, Ellie, yeah. you've heard about how I deal with pretend issues. Yeah. But I've now got a real issue to deal with here, uh, with my friend. Oh, well, maybe keep him... Nameless, unless his name comes up in the, the actual <laughs> tape that I'm about to play. I can't remember. Well, you'll hear what happens, but uh, he's asking me seemingly for a little bit of relationship advice. He's obviously in a bit of a text conversation with this girl, Sam. She's texted him back, and he's asking me what I should do. Dave? What? Sam, right? Yeah. She just said, text me, I told you what she said. Then I want to meet you too. So what do I write to that? Whatever you think about. If you think it's good, good. If you think it's bad, bad. Your choice, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> what a nuanced view of the world. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. I don't know why he's asking. Like, he's asking me, what, what should I say? She wants to meet up. What should I say? I don't quite rightly. I'm like, well, you know, if you think it's good, yeah. good. If you think it's yeah. my love. If you want to meet up with her. <laughs> At the age of 14. I'm like a philosopher. (laughs) (laughs) If you think it's good, good. If you think it's bad, it's bad. Your choice, my friend. So a bit of Confucius-like wisdom there yeah. from David Eagle. Anyway, we move on. We moved on. I don't know what happened in his relationship <laughs> thing. That never gets addressed on the rest of the tape. But there we have a little bit of a jam session. And I don't know if this is... We, we, we did write some songs together, me and his friend. Oh, not a WI jam session. No, not like that. Not Jackie <laughs> with the chunky bits. Um, so, yeah, we're having a bit of a jam. I don't know whether this is a song that uh, we wrote down and honed. I get the feeling that it probably wasn't. I get the feeling it was maybe just improvised here. Please translate, please translate, please translate, please translate, please translate, please translate. Please translate, please translate what they are saying. Please translate, please translate what they are saying. <laughs> so there you go, some early music mm. from me there at the age of 14. Just to remind you that I've got a gig with my band on <laughs> April the 24th, and it won't, it won't be quite like that. It won't be, I can't promise it'll be as good as that. But I feel. you never know if people request it, you might get a cover request, please translate. harmony version of Maybe I will. Maybe we put some, some, some great harmonies over the top. <laughs> please, please translate, please translate, please translate. Let's return to the conversation that I had with Catherine Crossweller from Women and Girls, talking about her trips to India and experience educating people and trying to do something about the issue of uh, problems related to period poverty. In this part, we hear a few statistics, because we like our statistics on the podcast, yes. just when it, whether it's herbal tea or periods. Uh, we <laughs> <laughs> we've got it all covered. Well, that's what she does. Getting it all covered is very much her remit, but... Uh, 
Here's the conversation. In terms of the context in India, some things that really I find very unsettling, let's say, are things such as 71% of girls did not know about menstruation before their first period. And not only as a woman, but also as a former school teacher, that makes me very, very cross. A third of high school girls don't know that there's any link between periods and fertility. There is a genuine lack of understanding about what's happening to the human body. And I'll tell you one thing that I will never get over till the day I die. There is or was, they may have updated it and I may not be up to date, so caveat that. There was a government-approved textbook used in schools in Mumbai, which has a whole chapter about puberty and does not mention periods. Wow. You know, this is the context that we're working yeah. in. There are people who are very, very well informed, but social status has a massive impact on that. So when we go and do a distribution, we tend to work with community groups or schools. We work with partners who are based in India, again, because I don't want to, and I'm sorry for the phrase, I just can't think of a better one. I don't want to be in the situation of the white person sweeping in and saving the day. We're talking about really fundamental issues, very personal issues. And if you're asking people to change how they live their lives on that level I think that has to come from within the community you know mm -hmm. you need somebody who literally as well as metaphorically speaks the same language as the people you're working with one of those partners has a whole project which they call happy periods and they do lots of things to do with putting men into menstruation so training for boys and men about what periods are and, and what they mean for their wives their mothers their daughters whatever and they do lots of training for teachers so for example with this particular organization they they did a distribution for us, which my dad was there for. And when the girls in the school that they were in were given their packs of pads, they did the whole education session. And, you know, there was a really good open discussion. And then at the end of the session, which had lasted for like an hour, the teachers stood up at the front of the room and said, hide your pads. Don't let the boys see them. And you're just like, hang on a minute, we've just been talking about this for an hour and there was this openness and this progress yeah. and, and let's just undo that. That's just great. Um, there's a lot of very deep-seated stuff that needs to be addressed, but, yeah. you know, chipping away at it and doing bits and pieces... The thing that I really, really struggle with is that the lack of knowledge and understanding and the lack of openness and the level of taboo around menstruation in India actually costs people their lives. Doctors will say five to 10 women a month are dying because they have infections that they've got through lack of proper sanitary protection. Around 70% of women can't afford to buy sanitary protection, but 88% of women are using homemade alternatives, which I find really interesting because you've got this 80 who are effectively choosing not to spend their money on sanitary protection, which is putting them at risk. And that's for lots of different reasons. Aside from anything else, you have to go to a pharmacy to buy pads in India and a pharmacy will be run by a man. Yeah. So for a woman to go shopping and buy her own pads, she has to have the conversation with a man, which a lot of women will not do. There's a physical danger to people because of the lack of protection that they have. And in some cases, there was a story that was in the news 2019 and there were women who'd been interviewed they lived in Maharashtra's bead district and they were cane cutters and after they have a couple of children they will have backstreet hysterectomies because it is so difficult for them to manage having a period mm. 
And I just think, you know, you look at it and you think, how is this even happening? How is this real? This is the most natural process in the world. But these are girls who, when they have their period, they will be made to sleep on the veranda of their house or they'll be made to sleep in the corner of the living room for the five days they're bleeding and they won't be allowed to eat freshly cooked food. And if they touch a plant, they will be told off because if a menstruating woman touches a plant while she's bleeding, then the plant will die. That is a very deeply held belief by some people in India. You shouldn't eat pickle. I mean, the list just goes on. And it's these crazy taboos when you you take a step back and you look at them and you just think, what? How has this even, how has this happened? But it's so steeped in religion for some of them, depending on which religion they come from. It's steeped in taboo. It's steeped in a lack of understanding. And a lot of it is about control and a lot of it is about fear. And if you can open up the conversation, when I was in India last March, I was talking to a group of about 100 women and girls. They were quite young. There were a few older ones there as well, but they were quite young. And for some reason, it was my last day and I'd been so emotionally drained by the experience of being there as I always am and I just kind of went for it and I went on a massive rant and I've got this amazing woman who who does a lot of the education stuff for us she was translating as we were going along and I was saying you know I'm a woman I can talk to my husband about having a period I can talk to my dad about having a period I was a teacher and I never ever worried about having a conversation about periods and all the girls go oh this is all very strange oh and I said to them put your hand up if you have ever stained your clothes because you did didn't have sanitary protection when you needed it. And probably 90% of them put their hands up. And I said, right, I was a teacher for nearly 10 years in senior schools. I never, ever saw a girl stain her clothes. And do you know why that is? It's because they can ask and they can say, I need some help. And so they get the help. And isn't it better just to put your hand up and say, actually, I've been caught out. I need some help than it is to stain your clothes. And you could sort of feel this energy in the whole room change where they were thinking, yes, why are we putting ourselves in this position? And it was just the most, I'm getting tingles just thinking about it. It was the most incredible thing because we're talking about equality. We're talking about equal opportunities for people. We're talking about education. We're talking about freedom. Yeah, okay, it's just pads. They cost five quid for two years. We're not solving cancer. We're not fixing the problems yeah. with the climate. We're but doing something really small. That's what makes really it small. all the more frustrating, isn't it, in some ways? It's exactly. like it's so solvable. Exactly. But it's so fundamental to what being a human and being a woman is all about. From periods to potatoes. Potato, 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 potato. <laughs> I just realised, Ellie. Yeah. Because we didn't listen to the end of that interview. No. We just sort of started recording and I thought I'll just edit it in later. Yeah. I've absolutely no idea how the interview ends, that bit of the interview. <laughs> so it could have been something really... And I really, wasn't there, so I've got no idea. It could have been something really harrowing and it could have mm. been like, you know, that's how many women die each year. And I've just gone, from periods to potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we should maybe listen just to the end of the interview. In terms of... Just to make sure. Yeah. All the more frustrating, isn't it, in some ways? It's exactly. like it's so solvable. Exactly. But it's so fundamental to what being a human and being a woman is all about. I think it was fine to segue from that to from periods to potatoes. (laughs) News. It's time for Potato News Part 2 as we embark on a scientific psychological study 
Let's head to the kitchen. Positive potatoes, they're the ones in the black sack. Next to the negative potatoes, they're the ones in the green sack. Okay, I mean, I and can't see, so I don't know I know, which but it's, it's so that... Just create a yeah. bit of theatre in the mind. Also, when we take photos, the listener will know. The listener. <laughs> Hello, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> which listener are you referring to? Carl, Mary, Fit or Phil? Um, <laughs> so the one straight in front of you is the positive The ones sack. I'm talking positive to. So if anyone has any ideas, by the way, of what things I should be saying to the potatoes or even doing. I mean, is there a certain type of music that a potato might enjoy? Is there a certain type of music that a potato might not enjoy? So we want your suggestions for what I can do to make a potato feel happy or a potato to feel sad. Any ideas would be very much welcome. I'm approaching the potatoes now. I'm gonna talk positively to these potatoes here. Hello, potatoes. Yes, I think you've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. Higher and higher, growing and growing. You're going to reach the top. That's a love. Would you like me to transport the negative potatoes into? We a take the negative room? potatoes into a separate room now. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to start the abuse until. Just keep my voice down because I don't want the potatoes to overhear what's going on here. The door is shut. The door is closed, so the potatoes that I was speaking positively to won't be able to hear what's going on right now. You, I'm, I'm talking negatively to the potatoes now. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> so you think you're gonna, you think you're gonna grow, do you? Oh yeah, wouldn't surprise me if you just stayed as little seed potatoes for the rest of your goddamn life, you stupid little potatoes. <laughs> you bloody fools. You nincompoops. <laughs> Okay, so when we started out doing a feature called Potato News, I bet you didn't expect such scientific, psychological research to be undertook. But that's what you get right here on... News! We very much need your help here. We need we to... really do. We... <laughs> <laughs> Just in general. We need you to help us out with some potato insults. So please send them to us. Herbal tea of the week. Some folks like plain tea, others like tea herbally, but this is the feature that reviews herbal tea verbally. We'll give it a smell, we'll give it a drink, and then we will tell you what we think. Tea is the subject on which we will speak in our exciting feature, herbal tea of the week. Okay, I'm making sure I've got a backup recording on the go here, Ellie. Because go. this is a once in a... Well, maybe not once in a lifetime. Maybe Possibly. But who knows? It could be because this is one of the only samples of this particular new tea blend that is in existence right now. Very so if something went wrong with the recording, we couldn't recreate this. If we'd have had this problem maybe in the first week or something, then that'd be fine. But now Herbal Tea of the Week is, it's a fixture. People are really put a lot of sway in it. Tea companies now are putting a lot of sway in what we think. So there's a lot riding on it. Herbal Tea of the Week, it's important. I'm sure that uh, people will be having meetings in the tea industry where there will be big bosses of companies will be saying how important it is that we, they get a favorable review on Herbal Tea of the Week. And it, it proof that we are going 
places is evident right here because we have been provided an exclusive sample courtesy of Birdhouse. Now, Birdhouse, as of last week, we're riding top of the herbal tea charts with a tea total of 49. For six weeks, they were riding high, I believe. Yep. But last week, last week's herbal tea was an absolute shocker. By which I mean, it was brilliant. It was far from a shocker. It was a shocker, though, because it knocked Birdhouse and their Aztec chai off the leaderboard. And it was Hoogly Tea's ginger biscuit that usurped them and are now riding high and supreme at top of the leaderboard. So, in the post this week from Birdhouse, we have received an exclusive sample of their special Easter blend. Yeah. What? Well, it wasn't in the post. I went and fetched it. Oh, okay. We haven't got that much. We haven't. They did a limited number. We haven't got that much power then. So what happened? Okay. Was... I mean, it made it sound like really. They, they sent this to us. Excuse me. And it was a recorded delivery. And um, two men came to the door. There was security, so that the delivery could not be intercepted. We had to sign for it. There was an Alsatian in the van, just in case someone tried to steal the tea. Okay, that's not what happened. So what's actually <laughs> happened is that Birdhouse have put up on Instagram that they've got a special Easter egg blend, and because this podcast is coming out just before Easter weekend, I thought interesting. And they said that they were going to make a limited number of samples, and then when I went into town. I popped by Birdhouse and picked up our samples. Okay, so I was trying to make it sound a little bit more. But having said that, Birdhouse have reached out to us and they had to in order to qualify because their samples, of course, contain the tea. There we have the taste and the smell elements covered. And However, we've got the ingredients, but there was no description. And so we messaged Birdhouse and we said, look, I don't know if you mentioned the fact that they'd been beaten by Hoogly Tea. I didn't say that. I mean, I'm sure they all know only too well. We had to then get in touch with Birdhouse and explain the situation. We cannot review your herbal tea unless you provide a description. Mia minutes later, <laughs> Ellie, she, well, she, she got in touch and she said, we don't have a description at the moment because it's a sample. We haven't actually concocted, we haven't actually made a description. She said she would write one. But she said she would write one especially. So nobody else has got this description. Has got this, description. this has been written exclusively for Herbal Tea of the Week. Ellie's going to read us this exclusive to the Herbal Tea of the Week and the David Eagle podcast, this description for Birdhouse's Easter Egg Blend. An excellent way to oh. welcome Easter. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. Well, it's... Everybody, uh, look, everybody making an yeah, Easter thing I know, in has fairness. to put an egg pun in. A tribute to the classic gooey cream egg with rich chocolate, creamy coconut and sweet vanilla. Blended as a gift from us to you to say thanks for supporting us during such a testing time. How do you like your eggs in the morning? I'd suggest with a dash of milk and maybe oh. even an Easter egg to dunk. Ingredients. Black tea, cocoa husk, coconut, vanilla and hazelnut. And there's a little sticker on the back that says enjoy. Don't try and sway us with the power of suggestion. Is it to be had with, a, with or without oat milk well, or bowl? Yeah, she's saying at the end, I'd suggest a dash of milk. So I okay, think, so we're going to have to yeah. use oat milk because we don't have yeah. milk. Was there any alliteration in there? Um, creamy coconut. Yeah. Yeah, classic cream egg. Oh, I'm liking it. And I love that. How do you like your eggs in the morning? A dash of milk, Easter egg to dunk. So 
dashing no, dunk. No, 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 it's too, too far, far apart. Okay. I Obviously, like it. there's Easter egg as an alliteration, but yeah, that's already been written by someone so else. Vowels. So. Yeah. So it doesn't count. It has to be consonants. Okay. Okay. Oh, I love the idea as well of dunking an Easter yeah. egg into the tea. Oh, I think I'm going to go for an eight. It's very strong. Yeah. What are you going to say? I'm happy with an eight. Okay, an eight. 16 for description. Still all to play for. So that's kind of um, just slightly higher than middle. For yeah. Middling for, for our descriptions there. So we're on sniff. Still all to play for. Let's give it a smell. Oh my goodness, that's bloody lovely. Oh my goodness, it's sweet. Oh, it's it's so chocolatey. Ellie, what, what are you? It's just so chocolatey and creamy, isn't it? Yeah, and this is before we've even put any milk in to... It's getting a fun. nine from me. Oh. I'm trying to think what it could do to be better, but... I don't know. Have I ever given a smell ten? I think I probably did once. I don't think you did. Never given a smell ten. Because the coconuts... Yeah. yeah. But it's not overpowering. I'm going for a solid nine. No, I'm going to go for a nine. Yeah. I think nine's right. I'm not sure what I'm looking for to heighten that, but nine is okay. brilliant for smell. So that gives us 18 for smell. Yeah. That's top of the leaderboard, isn't it, for smell? Uh, with a, with another tea check. there. Maybe yeah, with a hoogly. It's, it's tied with frosted fruitcake and hoogly Danish pastry. Oh my goodness, so a better smell than the previous one. Yeah. Don't tell me because I don't want it to swear my vote, but it very much means here that Birdhouse and how fitting for Easter could rise again. <laughs> my goodness. Do you want to try it? I'm going to try it a black. little bit without okay. uh, oat milk. It's a very refreshing tea actually mm. and not at all really chocolatey. No, and so, given that it's a black tea as well, that can sometimes be quite bitter, but I think the coconut Because of the vanilla, coconut and the vanilla and the chocolate aspect really gives it a nice sweetness. You ready for I that? really like that, but I think oat milk's where it's at. The oat milk's in. Oh, David Eagle. Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. <laughs> it's creamy. I'm mm. Honestly, I'm getting Easter egg. Yeah. They've got it. They've got... I don't know how they've done it. I don't know what they've done. This has got all of the notes of a cream egg, but without the overpowering sugariness. Because the hazelnut kind of rounds it out a bit, doesn't it? It does indeed. And the vanilla's there, but not too vanilla-y. Do you have a number for your taste? <sighs> I'm vacillating. <laughs> I'm salivating. <laughs> and that's causing me to vacillate. Oh, it's so nice. But is it... Nicer than Bloom Tea's banana. <laughs> I think it's definitely on a par with it. Ooh. I think I'm going to go for an... I think I'm going to go for an eight. Let's cross over to Ellie. I'm going to give it an eight okay. as well. So we've got... Description. 16. Smell. 18. And a taste, we've got 16. Okay, Ellie, let's have our tea total. Our tea total for Birdhouse Easter Egg exclusive sample. And remember that it's 50 to beat. Birdhouse set the trend before with 49, but then last week, Ginger Biscuit from Hoogley got us onto 50. Ellie, the tea total, please. Tea total is 50. Oh, it's back at the top. It's Joy. back at the top. Joy. Birdhouse, rise again. <laughs> They can't knock Hoogly off the leaderboard. Do you know what's really lovely, though? Both of these companies are independent, locally run companies. So Hoogly is local to Brighton, I believe. 
It's well, a hang on a minute. Company. They're all local to some. Oh, oh I see well, what I you mean. mean. Yeah, but it's not I mean, like a like, massive. It's not a multinational. It's, yeah, we've tried tea <laughs> yeah. pigs and we've tried pucker. Um, and, and the multinationals aren't doing as well as the independents. It is a victory for independent local companies here. Birdhouse and Hoogley riding high, top of the leaderboard at 50. Binny, do your thing. While we were playing Herbal Tea of the Week, there, Ellie has come to a realisation. Ellie? As the nominated keeper of the stats, I feel a bit bad about this, but I think we were just swept up in the moment when we were recording Herbal Tea of the Week and we stated that Birdhouse Aztec Chai had been number one with 49 points. It had been toppled by Hoogly Tea with 50 points, but those listeners who've paid more attention than I have to even the sheet that was in front of me on the Oh, which <laughs> is nobody, because nobody has corrected you here. Joint top had been Frosted Fruitcake from T2, also with 49 points. So when we said Birdhouse was top of the leaderboard... Birdhouse was top of the leaderboard with another tea that we completely yeah. forgot all about. <laughs> even um, though it was really delicious. <laughs> and because we only have four people uh, who contribute... <laughs> and I think, Ellie, of course, you quite rightly have taken responsibility for this. Yeah. I need to take responsibility. Responsibility as well, but also Carl, Mary, <laughs> Phil, and Amore. Shame on you as well, quite frankly. Well, now, you would have thought if we've only got four people contributing here and only got four listeners to the podcast <laughs> that we might be a bit nicer. This to is them. a but group effort, everybody. You need effort. to pull your weight. <laughs> We've got some gigs coming up, uh, listeners. We've got on the 23rd of April, I'm doing my comedy night with Paul Silky White. We've got Daisy Earl, Brennan Reese, and Sindhu V performing as part of that as well. On the 24th of April, the young'uns will be doing a very rare gig. But before that, on the 17th of April, I'm doing a charity gig as part of a festival raising money for women and girls. And you've been hearing all about the charity, but it's time to hear a little bit more about the festival and... Uh, what it entails as we head for our final part with our little chat with Catherine. The festival starts at six o'clock on the 17th of April and we've got a whole load of amazing people who are performing. We've got musicians, comedians. We've got a quirky music quiz, the Girl Power Edition, which should be quite good fun as well. And it's just a bit of fun to raise a bit of money. We're asking for £10 a ticket per household, which is enough for two women and girls to get their sanitary protection for two years which is pretty good and you've been and on this very interesting system which I've not heard about before but it's sort of it's there oh, to clever. create yeah. the festival atmosphere so you can be watching a bit and then you can hop into the next tent as it were I think is, it, is that funny right? funny you should say that because it is in fact called Hopping oh yes um, so yeah it's it's a very Working very clever professional system here, listeners just to remind you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a clever system so it's a bit like being at a real festival and you can choose what you want to engage with so we're going to mm. have um, the main stage we're going to have some sessions rooms and it gives you that flexibility that you would have if you went to a real festival because I think everyone's pretty fed up with Zoom <laughs> you know we've been Zooming for a year now and, and it's pretty one dimensional and I think everyone's fed up of sitting and staring at a screen of lots of little faces with cats wandering in and out and, and all the rest of it so it's at this point yeah. that I would like to make people aware that I've got my uh, online Zoom comedy night starting on the 23rd of April and then the Youngins live to living room on Zoom on the 24th of April just- if you don't have cats wandering in and out then you might as well just not bother <laughs> <laughs> and is it completely a live thing so if you do hop out you've missed the thing so yeah. 
it's it could be rather disconcerting for the performers when they realise they've got loads of people in for the first five minutes and then everyone's buggered off to find who, who else is there. But, yeah. Is that a deep-seated fear by any chance? Uh, <laughs> it's all right, because I, as I say, being blind, I won't know how many people are there anyway. So That's true. I'm yeah, going to play point. it like it's Wembley. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's a kind of variety thing, really, because we've got folk musicians. We've yeah, got, you've got um, Kate Rusby uh, as part Kate of this, Rusby. haven't you? And then in the comedy oh. world, you've got uh, Rosie Jones. Yeah, uh, she's like proper TV famous. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. really exciting. So we've got some incre- incredible people that are giving their time for this. And everyone who's giving their time is doing so for free, which is really touching. All the proceeds. Hang the on event, a minute. Yeah, I'm... you've signed. You've signed oh, now. Too no. late. <laughs> <laughs> surely, you know, surely 50 women can go without sanitary towels. <laughs> 50 women blimey you're a bit steep aren't you <laughs> what's the easiest way for people to get their tickets and get in on the on the action on the 17th so women and girls is all over social media facebook twitter instagram and you can just find women and girls charity we're also on the web obviously so womenandgirls.org.uk i think what's great about it is there's just so much going on in fact what i might do during my set is just hop into some of the others <laughs> maybe i should do a duet maybe i should have my hopping laptop running with the actual hopping thing and i will just hop into other people's and then i'll just duet with them the only the duet will only occur on my hopping stream if you know what i mean <laughs> Imagine, that'd be brilliant so i could just get into kate rusby's session and just start duetting over the top it does seem she'd be thrilled i'm sure well it'll only be for the people watching me it does seem slightly though sort of the man intervening here if i was like went into kate rusby's and went it's all right i'll help you out here oh, i don't know i just started adding some harmonies over the top just because i'm supporting this the patriarch must remain well i'm really torn there because i think that would actually sound really beautiful i mean the trouble is i would then have to buy buy a ticket for my own gig so i can hop in to the gig but imagine how meta it would get if other people had the same idea so they're hopping into other people's sessions i would hop into someone else's session but they might be hopping into my session so they'd then be trying to duet with me but they'd be duetting with me trying to duet with them will you be dressed as a bunny while you're doing all this hopping <laughs> if it raises a bit of extra money then why not i'll dress up as a bunny if you give us the money that's me catchphrase not as- nice i like that thanks so much for for chatting is there anything else that i should have asked you or just that you would like to say it's just a really nice thing to do because it's so simple and i obviously have a proper job that pays me money so um it's a nice thing to spend my afternoons and evenings and weekends doing you work for it- a disposable sanitary company don't you and you <laughs> oh can you imagine it's a really important thing that's so simple and it makes a big difference and ultimately you get to connect with human beings in a way that you don't often get to connect with human beings mm. and that's a very privileged thing to be able to do so yeah, it's Gert Lash, as we say down down in Wiltshire. Oh, <laughs> an absolute delight to, to be a part of. And hopefully you will be joining me as well. That's right, I'm talking to you, Carl, Phil, Mary and Damore. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta really be careful about not remembering one of the listeners. <laughs> Is that the end, essentially, Ali? It's uh, everything. Yeah, it's um, weird not doing what's the time, Mr. Eagle. It is, isn't it? What do you think the time is, Mr. Eagle? Oh, I mean, we shouldn't. Uh, we're going rogue here. 8.53. It's 8.43. Oh, oh ten minutes that's bad. <laughs> Surely we can't do this. Now, <laughs> if we just did this every week and we don't even have the jingle for it now, Look. then maybe, Ali. Yeah. 
get them, they still get them wanting to come to the thing on the 17th of April. Maybe that's where I unveil my penis dance mix. <laughs> I'm glad you added dance mix on that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit of a strange thing for a women and girls charity. Get your hands off my penis. Mm. <laughs> Just repeatedly saying that. Who knows? It's an online streamed gig, so you might even see the horse. <laughs> get your potato insults in. Also, if people want to send a voice message in some way, if they're able to record it we could play the the insults directly to the potatoes oh yeah yeah you don't have to just write them down if you want to insult the potatoes maybe take a, a video or an audio recording i will play your insults to the potatoes and actually i think that'd be you better you could always do nice ones to the other, the other potatoes, potatoes as well but i think that'd be better with the insults yeah. because if i'm just doing it they might just go what's he got against me yeah and you might just say they might just think oh well it's only his opinion the potato might try and put a positive spin on it but if a number of you start insulting the potatoes, Mike, and I can say, look, there's people from all over the world here insulting you. They hate you as well. <laughs> That'll give extra impetus here. So, ooh, can you hear that, Ellie? Mm. What's that? Is that the tram going by? Stop now. Yeah, I think it might have been the tram. Huh. You nearly heard a tram there, business. <laughs> Ah, very exciting podcast. Maybe that should be the title, in which we very nearly hear a tramp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening. From me, David Eagle. And me, Ellie Skinner. Um, hang on. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Sorry, I, I think the horse has fallen asleep. Some people might be thinking, I just can't find the sound effect, but it's not a sound effect. Just wake that horse up there. There it is. Don't think you meant to poke it there. <laughs> oh, what the heck, it's April Fool's Day. Oh, so good I did it twice. <sighs> Goodbye. Goodbye. I think it's good. Good. You think it's bad? Bad. Your choice, my friend.